This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. McDowell Specialty Repair, Susie Boyle Mortgage Team and Castle and Cook Mortgage, LLC, and Rio Body Center. And now, here's your host, Skip Hall. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is your host, Skip Hall. Well, today we've got a very interesting guest. He's, he's new to the area. But uh, he's not new as to what he does. His name is Jeff Moser. He is the uh, the music pastor, worship leader at True Hope Church downtown Boise. And uh, first of all, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. It's Absolutely. fun to be here. Well, listen, when you get a couple of Minnesota boys together, well, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. I know. Yeah. Be great. <laughs> <laughs> You're in for a treat, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, Jeff moved out here from Minnesota, and I'm going to let him tell his story. I want you to go back, Jeff, to where you grew up and kind of march us up to, to where we are today. Yeah, you bet. Uh, yeah, born and raised in Minnesota, so the western side of the the Twin Cities, about 30 miles west. Yeah. A little town, little-er town called Buffalo, sure. Minnesota. Buffalo, so I'm sure. born and raised there my whole life, a couple of houses along the way, but uh, I'm the baby of two kids, my parents. So I have an older sister, uh, four years older, and grew up, just love growing up. I think part of it was the day and age it was, sure. but a uh, smaller town, you know, when I could ride my bike into town, I'd get a little can of pop from the pop machine, soda, maybe you know it as, uh, and just like tear around town and have that sense of independence was really fun. Um, but growing up, grew up, you know, playing sports, played baseball uh, a lot of my life, loved riding my bike and just being outside, being active, but started playing um, trombone when I was in fifth grade. Okay. Uh, so did the band thing uh, all the way through. Uh, I'll touch on that later, but started playing guitar a few years after that. For whatever reason, I thought a brass instrument okay. maybe wasn't quite cool enough. So okay. <laughs> I picked up the guitar. And uh, so music was kind of a part of my life, as was just being outside and active and friendships. But grew up in the church. So we grew up in a covenant church uh-huh. uh, right there in Buffalo. Uh, my parents had been members since the late 70s. So that was home oh, yeah. pretty much through and through all of my growing up years. Faith, though, you know, it was a little bit of a compartmentalized mm-hmm. sort of a thing. So we faithfully went to church. I always saw my parents, you know, faithfully writing a check to be generous and give. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't necessarily a conversation that we had throughout the week. Right. It was just a, you know, Sunday kind of a thing. And we'll, yeah. yeah. And then we'll kind of go through the rest of our, our weeks. Um, but got involved in youth group and um, kept kind of doing things. So played baseball into high school, switched to track and field. It was a mm. pole vaulter, wow. uh, which is fun. Uh, admittedly, it was a little bit of a, that looked like the easiest, laziest <laughs> thing to do in track, but it was always kind of quick, so that was, it worked out. 
but yeah, just born and raised in the area, moved around a little bit, but ended up at Christian Missionary Alliance School, a small little college, Christian college called Crown. Crown, sure. And uh, St. Bonifacius, uh, Minnesota, if you're listening, whoop, whoop, St. Bonnie. Yeah, well. uh, but uh, kind of ended up there on mistake, you know, had applied at other schools, um, didn't see myself there, but when I went on campus, just kind of felt right and uh, was awarded like one of their um, leadership scholarships. So attended there for four years, started off as a um, elementary education major. Uh I wanted to teach kindergarten. I had worked at a daycare and loved kids and playing with my little cousins, things like that over the years, but switched um, going into my sophomore year. Just felt like, you know, that's not the that's not the path maybe God has for me. I hope to be a dad someday and nurture kids, but not maybe be in the classroom with them. So switched to worship arts was the program and uh, played catch up for the next few years. Mm-hmm. So choir credits and applied voice lessons and guitar lessons and uh, needed to be in choir. So got recruited to the choir. There was a cute Elto that stood next to me. Her name was Erin mm-hmm. and uh, is Erin. And uh, so she had been in choirs all her life. I actually hadn't. And so she admits uh, nowadays that she would sing quieter to see if I knew what I was what I was doing, <laughs> um, which apparently I passed the passed the test. Um, so we got to be friends first couple of years in college and um, started dating throughout the remainder of college and got engaged and graduated in May and got married in July. So been over, gosh, it'll be 13 years this summer. Wow. So yeah, yeah, it's gone fast. So. I'll give you a little more about the move, but uh, the quick snapshot. Yeah, Aaron and I have been married a little over a dozen years, and we've got two wonderful little boys. So mm. Reese is six and a half, yeah. almost seven, and Wiley is three and a half. So they are a ball of energy, but yes, uh, they're wonderful boys. I love being their dad. Yeah, it's one of my greatest yeah, joys. Yeah, honors. little boys are are special. They are. They can so. be little dickens sometimes, <laughs> but <laughs> that is pretty special. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so you and Aaron now are settled into Boise. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, tell us about where you were and and what you were doing in Minnesota before you came here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bet. Um, we were. So I had worked since switching my major to worship arts in college. Part of the program was doing a an internship for six months before graduation. Um, that's a whole story in itself I won't give you right now, but that ended up just being a really good fit. So I got hired on there part-time my senior year of college and then ended up working as an associate worship leader there for the next year or two, uh, full-time after we graduated. And um, did that and loved it, you know, smaller size church, two, three hundred maybe, was kind of the right-hand man to the worship director and uh, loved leading the teams, investing in teams, coaching the musicians and the vocalists and that kind of thing. But then had jumped into a larger kind of multi-site church context and was there for seven or eight years mm-hmm. in a couple of different roles, doing student ministry worship leading and then eventually being one of the campus music pastors at one of the multi-sites. And then just previously to come out to Boise was a creative arts pastor at another local church, all in the Twin Cities sure. there. So um, that role was much more of leading the teams of people to lead the teams of people. So gotcha. it was a, a very different type of a role. Coaching That's, the coaches. Yeah, it stretched me a lot. And uh, so, you know, my team were the worship leaders and the production director and those mm-hmm. kind of folks mm-hmm. for that that context. My wife had worked uh, most of our married life at a, uh, most of the time at a creative agency, like an advertising agency, doing account work. 
for the different brands and keeping the projects on time, on budget as best she could, and wrangling the creatives. So, but yeah, she had stepped out of that when Wiley was born after maternity leave, Mm -hmm. right around the pandemic and uh, started her own business. So she owns and operates her own digital marketing and advertising business just on the side. Yeah, Yeah. that's great, that's great. Yeah. Well, tell us about how you got to Boise. What was the process? Yeah, you bet. Uh, I'll try to keep it condensed. There's lots of, you know, fingers, moving parts to the story for sure. But uh, the long and short of it is, I think the last two years probably at this point now has been a, a process of really following Jesus more earnestly than we ever have. So, you know, we had, I'd worked in the church and we had been believers and had grown in our faith for sure. But I don't think we were ready yet to fully allow the Lord to just lead and guide every aspect of our life mm-hmm. until pretty recently. And um, so a couple of years ago, kind of really kicked off uh, during the pandemic. We just had more time together to just like read things and grow thing, grow together in our faith. And um and the Lord honored that. So he started speaking. Turns out, if you give him the space, he's got things to say, right? Absolutely. And uh, so we just found ourselves, the Lord leading us just to like kind of loosening our grip on the way we thought our life was going to go mm-hmm. or had gone up to that point, you know, what what house we wanted to buy or where mm-hmm. we thought we should live or what decisions uh, we wanted to make, how we wanted to spend our money, so on and so forth. And in kind of that unraveling process of loosening our grip on that, we just started bringing things before before the Lord. And it was kind of this, all right, Lord, here's what we think we want to do for our jobs, but what do you want to do? And here's where we think we want to live, but what, what do you have to say? And one of the elements in that was about schooling. So Reese was getting ready to start kindergarten. He was doing a a preschool uh, there locally where we lived uh, through a church. And and it was a great experience, but we just weren't sure if that was the right path or not. And so we brought that to the Lord. And he actually then kind of led us to homeschool, to jump into the homeschool uh, life. And uh, I was a public school kid all the way through. Aaron is homeschooled. I didn't totally get it until I realized, oh, this isn't just like an educational option. This Mm -hmm. is like an extension of our life, an extension of our parenting. And once I got that, I was totally sold. So the Lord had like brought us to this conference and these other decisions. We're like, okay, I guess that's what he wants. Mm -hmm. And uh, pretty immediately after that, we felt prompted by the Lord's spirit just to say like, why don't you ask me where, where to homeschool? So he said, seems a little odd, but okay, let's do it. Lord, where should we homeschool our mm-hmm. family? And uh, we took out this atlas. It sounds a little wild. And I had never done, this had never been a part of my story before, but we opened up an atlas and we prayed with this map open. And we thought, well, we like being outside and other things. So maybe we had a region in mind, but we just started praying over different states. And the state of Idaho jumped out to both of us mm-hmm. and got this impression like, I think there's something in Idaho. I was like, Aaron, have you ever been to Idaho? She said, nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Jeff? Like, nope, never in my life. Um, could kind of put it on a map. And uh, Idaho sort of turned into Boise, and uh, we just started learning about it and praying about it. And um, so then when it became time to like, I think 
I think it's something in Boise. Let's see what's out there. I had just done a Google search, honestly, for church roles and jobs in Boise, yeah, yeah. and it was shortly after that True Hope uh, had just posted the worship pastor role. Hmm. So felt like a really cool fit, and they had changed some things of directionally what they were going for, and hmm. kind of one of those divine moments that you can't make happen on your own, right. but as you like allow the Lord to lead, He's just gracious to pull things together. So mm-hmm. it was this wild ride and, you know, all of our families are still in Minnesota and it was really tough packing up and leaving where we had spent yeah. our entire lives. But but God had prepared a place for us and relationships and uh, it's been a, a wild but wonderful ride. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, how how have your the expectations mm. panned out for Boise, Idaho? Yeah. Uh, better than expected in all the ways. Yeah. Honestly, we landed here last summer when we visited, and for whatever reason, I pictured these like 14,000-foot peaks. I'm like, where are the mountains? <laughs> but now that we're in them, like, well, I can't bike up that yet, you know? Right. Um, so the outdoor, you know, the more moderate temperatures are pretty awesome. We were going on a walk on New Year's Day. That's never happened outdoors in Minnesota, I don't think. Um, so the recreation's been awesome, but the community's been even better, yeah. you know? Many people are like, oh, how are you, you going to leave family and friends? And, and I think if we didn't have our church family, yeah. I don't know how we would. Right. But because God did land us uh, in the family he did at True Hope, it's just been wonderful. We've got strong relationships and community mm-hmm. and groups and uh, you know, friends to encourage us and challenge us. And our boys have little friends, like actual friends, which is pretty oh, sweet to see. Great. And um, so, yeah, it's been above and beyond more yeah, than we ever could have asked. That's that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> both of us being Minnesota boys, why we, we know what the winners are all about <laughs> in Minnesota. Yes, it can be brutal yeah. and never ending. Yeah. You know, some of the an adage or a joke I've heard one time is Minnesota has two seasons. There's road construction and winter. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. kinda true. Well, and the state bird is the mosquito because that's right. in the summer they're about yay big around. They but, are large. But it's a wonderful place and you know a lot of people land here from Minnesota. Mm. It's kind of surprising that between Minnesota and Wisconsin and the Midwest, where a lot of people come this way and, yeah. and, and land here. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your, your music. Mm-hmm. You got started, as you mentioned, with the trombone. And, and uh, you, did you take a lot of music lessons? Was that the next step until you got to the guitar and then pretty much yeah i had you know you start in fifth grade they put you in this room and they see what you kind of have an aptitude to play and Mm -hmm. my dad had played trombone and his brother had played trombone so we had a horn in our house growing up so you know i'm like squeaking on a saxophone and then they put a (laughs) trombone in my hand i played a few songs for them they're like you want to play that yeah sure that makes sense um so i kind of stumbled into it but then you know there's different practice schedules throughout school and you know practice time that you have to record and whatnot and then yeah i jumped into guitar i think it was like sixth or seventh grade private lessons from this gal in her home and she had a bunch of students and had this little cool studio space in the basement almost like a little mini stage uh so really enjoyed that and then um yeah was playing guitar on like a youth youth group worship team so there was an intern that had put together some middle schoolers uh to just learn how to 
play music together in the mm-hmm. context of a band and uh, was playing guitar on that, not singing, didn't sing in front of anybody. Had when I was like a young kid, but didn't for a number of years in between. And um, eventually started singing some background vocals, some harmonies mm-hmm. or something. And and then when I was a freshman, I was on the actual like youth group worship team. And um, there was this upperclassman, his name's Ryan. And he was graduating and going off to college. So our youth pastor, Val, she just saw something in me apparently that I couldn't see in myself and uh, just kind of called it out by force a little bit. <laughs> I was like, by the way, you're going to lead next year when Ryan goes to, to college. And I said, excuse me? Yeah. And uh, she said, no, you you can do it. I believe, basically, like, right. I believe in you and yeah. I'm going to be alongside of you. And um, so are the youth leaders. And so I was maybe just kind of uh, had enough faith or maybe was dumb enough to believe her. And uh, I was like, I guess I can do it. And so I did. So then I had voice lessons through community education mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Did some little ensemble, solo and ensemble competitions. Sure. And I'm enough of a perfectionist that if I'm going to do something, either by choice or what I was thrust into, I want to do a well enough job yeah. at it. And um, But ended up enjoying it and liking it and and then lots of lessons in college so voice lessons guitar lessons piano lessons with piano proficiencies unfortunately i learned the piano just to pass the tests (laughs) so now i don't i didn't retain much so yeah yeah well that's uh, all interesting for sure well jeff came with me i spoke at a men's breakfast here recently at uh, true hope collister which is on state street our sister church and uh, jeff came with me and closed off our time together and jeff does a wonderful job and uh, by the way speaking of men's breakfasts uh, i've been doing these for for many years uh, around the valley and if i haven't gotten to your men's breakfast yet why give me a ring here at the station and we'll see if we can put something together but uh, i enjoyed doing it I tell my story, my my journey, so to speak, my spiritual journey, and all, of course, about the coaching deal and all that. People love to talk about football, and and uh, it'll be coming up here before long. And uh, so anyway, yeah. Cool. But Jeff, also for over fifty some years, uh, what I've done is 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 recruit, coach, and build teams. Now, mm-hmm. you're in the process of building a team. Yep. Tell me what it's like to build a team, a worship team. And yeah. how do you how do you go about it? Where do you find the people? Yeah, especially when you come in fresh. Yeah, yeah, good question. Well, thankfully, I mean, luck, luckily for me, there was a really healthy base to start when I when yeah. I got in. So there was a couple of different worship teams that had merged prior to me starting, and um, a gal named Amanda who had just done a marvelous job mm-hmm. of uh, being the interim worship director before I was um, able to move here and start and uh, she just did a really fine job of bringing the team unifying the teams just helping them feel connected to one another helping them feel like they're a part of the team but a part of like what god's doing at Mm -hmm. the church and um, so it's been a really fun team to get to know you know i have my own style i have my own spin on how i lead a rehearsal or what my chord charts look like and that kind of thing. But the team has been really gracious to receive me in that. But as far as recruiting, you know, there there is a difference, not, I don't think, in the eyes of the Lord in terms of having a servant heart and just giving back and building the kingdom. But, but you know, if it's a greeter, someone to say hello to somebody or mm-hmm. hand a cup of coffee, 
that's a pretty there's a it's accessible to a lot of people yeah. whereas not everyone maybe can sing harmony parts or play the guitar in time or drums or whatnot and so it's been kind of this sorting process but for me personally over the years I've never wanted to start just with the skill because we're not just a band that's yes. playing the best music that we can for a for a concert or for a show because there's a huge spiritual component that's happening and if i'm not on the same page uh with someone spiritually or if we just have differences on core tenets of the faith of who we see god is i believe that's going to spiritually fracture a team instead yeah. of strengthen it and so i typically always start just by if someone expresses interest or if someone says, hey, so-and-so might be looking to get involved. Uh, I never start with the instrument. I always start uh, with just sitting down, usually over a cup of coffee at church or at a coffee shop and just say, hey, just want to share some of my story, share what kind of how I see worship and what maybe directionally the vision I have for the worship team at at True Mm -hmm. Hope and Mm want to hear your story. How did you get into music? But but when did you start following Jesus? And what yeah, does that look yeah, like? Right. And who is God to you? And and sometimes the honest truth is after that, I, I don't move to the like skills portion of the audition because we're just not on the same page. Right. And that's okay. Perhaps it's actually very wise and beneficial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we're just giving that space to discern that. But oftentimes if we're in a good spot, then I'll, we'll meet up and sing some songs together or play something I uh, had, had a drummer sit in a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. learn one of the songs and swap out with the drummer that was on so they could play with the team and, and that kind of thing. But I think, yeah, uh, starting with the most important things and obviously building from there has always been a value of mine. But maybe to precede that, I think it's just modeling things. Yep. You know, if I want to drum up interest but I don't look like I'm enjoying myself or if I don't have, uh, if I'm really early in my journey, that's going to be maybe a hard sell for people to be attracted to that or want to, I don't know, be a part of that team or grow in that context. And uh, so I try not to overthink that of like, who's watching and who's going (laughs) to take note of this because that could stress me out too. But uh, but more than that, I just want to approach God through worship and music just really passionately giving him my firsts and giving him my best. And uh, hopefully that can be a catalyst for people to do uh, to do great. the same. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned, uh, what was the word you used? Now I'm trying to think. It's um, attraction. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I learned from Chuck Swindoll many years ago that people are attracted, not persuaded. Mm. And I think that is that is so true. There needs to be an attraction, and mm. and uh, it's true in the church as well as it is uh, anywhere else. Yeah. So, you bet. You oh, that's bet. a good word. Yeah. yeah so, it's easy to say things. Yeah. It's more difficult to model them. Exactly. You know? But it's people are attracted. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep, good. Yeah. So um, you've talked a little bit about how you see your role. Anything else as to how you see your role in this this ever-moving thing that we call church? Yeah. I mean, the, nat- the nature of my role now at True Hope is a lot different just in the size and scope of the church and the staff. And that's been really exhilarating mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, I don't have 
my team of area experts to dive into the audio console or the lighting, uh, relamping the projector, those things. So I've learned a lot yeah, in the last five months, you know, <laughs> of uh, more than I thought I had gaps to learn, quite honestly. Yeah, but yeah. it's been a, a really cool process. And I think I see myself more as, you know, there's some immediacy of just things that need can benefit from some attention and some refreshing and building that kind of thing, refining. Uh, but longer term, I see myself as, yeah, maybe kind of that just like equipping force or coach perhaps mm-hmm. that. Coach them up. Um, yeah, that's just giving opportunity for people. I, I never want to be the guy that's the Jeff Moser show, you know, singing all the songs, standing in the center of the stage. No. And um, I always want to just, yeah, give opportunity and elevate others. So whether that's it's meeting a team with the high, deal, isn't it? yeah, meeting with a high school kid and yeah. singing songs or yeah, passing songs off. Team deal. Um, yeah, same yeah, deal. Yeah. Well, we got about a minute left, Jeff. This okay. this is obviously uh, just flown by. Our time has. And what do you see? How do you see the role of the church going forward? I mean, there's so many things going on in our world. I mean, this what they call wokeness and and other things. How do you see the role of the church moving forward? Yeah, that's a big question we could unpack later, but uh, I think the headline for me is it can be scary of what's happening culturally around us and everything. I personally believe that if we allow it to be, it can be one of the most like strengthening, formative times for followers of Christ. Caveat is we'll have to follow him more earnestly than we ever have. So I think... You know, not just picking songs that are popular in terms of my role or going along with what the majority is doing or saying, even in church culture. Um, I think if we anchor into these like tried and true truths, gospel truths that are grounded in the Bible, man, and allow those things, like raise the banner of those instead of any little tribe or group that we're a part of, man, it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I agree with you. I think that's 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 the key. We got to stay stay grounded and stand firm on the truths. And yeah, that's what it's all about. Well, listen, Jeff, this has been really interesting, intriguing. I appreciate you coming in and coaching us up on what it's like to be a a worship leader and and a church uh, leader. And uh, so we just want to thank you so much for being our guest on Game Plan for Life. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Game Plan for Life is brought to you by the following sponsors. Christian Brothers Automotive. Security Gold and Silver, a reliable source for your bullion investment. Domino's Pizza. Diamond Heating and Cooling. Hoffman Auto Body, someone you can trust. And Zero Ed's Carpet Cleaning. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the game plan for life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory.